Hey guys, welcome to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. And I'm Taylor. We have a really fun episode this week. We watched, along with the rest of the world, Framing Britney Spears. It's a New York Times documentary on um, FX slash Hulu about Britney Spears. And then we also watched the um, Netflix original Malcolm and Marie that we've been talking about for a long time. So we felt like we had to talk about it on the podcast and reveal our feelings. But first, Jordan has a lot of TV news and I have one. (laughs) Okay, I'll go first. Um, Get it out of the way. (laughs) Yeah, just, yeah. My one and only piece of news isn't even really that big of news, but um, the Golden Globes uh, nominations came out and wow, wow, wow. We have a lot of thoughts, but none of them are that unique. (laughs) We share the same thoughts with the rest (laughs) of the world that for sure I may destroy you. Just one of the biggest snubs of all time, in my opinion. And we stand with Michaela Cole. Also, I think there were two other snubs that I was just, like, shocked by, which were um, Insecure, not getting any nominations, or Pen15. Those are two shows that I definitely believe deserved nominations and just shocked they didn't. But also not shocked at the same time, because I feel like this is just what happens with the Golden Globes. Totally. I mean... Did Pen15 get nominated for Emmys? Obviously Insecure did though at the most recent Emmys. I thought so. Yeah. So I mean like they these are shows that are Emmy nominated, so it makes it even worse. Mm-hmm. It's just very strange. Yeah, I don't get it. But we know it's good, so hopefully they do. Hopefully the creators of those shows know that what they created was very meaningful no matter what. Yes. Okay, now that that's over, so over, <laughs> I'm already over the Golden Globes and it's only been a week. <laughs> it's crazy. Lana Condor from To All the Boys I've Loved Before is going to be in a Netflix comedy series called Boo Bitch, and it's where she turns into a ghost. Huh? And hopefully <laughs> Kim Petrus will be involved because that is the name of one of her Halloween songs. If they don't use that song, we should sue. She should legit sue if if she's not involved somehow. Wow, that is an interesting storyline. I'm intrigued. Me too. The next thing I bookmarked was that there's a docu-series all about Woody Allen's sexual abuse allegations that HBO is going to be doing. It's a four-part series. It's going to be called Allen vs. Pharaoh. So it should be very hard to watch, but probably good. Just like um, Leaving Neverland was. Is Pharaoh going to be on it? Yeah, it's going to be interviewing all the Pharaoh family, actually. Wow. Mia, Dylan, and Ronan. So, very interesting. You know, I hope that... I feel like it's, like, common knowledge. But, like, it's... Woody Allen still makes movies, you know? So, like, I'm hoping that maybe this will finally help people really understand what really happened with that. I know. I'm sure people will still defend him forever. Yeah. Um. Even because, but there, there's already so much evidence. 
even in his movies themselves. <laughs> so, yeah. But, I mean, you can say that for plenty of movie makers still, too. Yeah, that's so. true. But also, that was brought up in Malcolm and Marie, interesting enough. True. Very true. One news that I'm sure everyone's heard already is that the uh, Brandy Cinderella is coming to Disney Plus this week, February 12th. Thank goodness. Yeah, and I'm hoping that this opens the door for even more wonderful World of Disney movies because that has been a very glaring, uh, like, empty space in Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about this before because isn't model behavior Mm -hmm. wonderful World of Disney? Which, I mean, feels a little bit bad saying I really want to watch that after what we're going to talk about in relation to Justin Timberlake later on in this episode, but... Wow, did I love that movie. It was so good. Yeah, I want to watch that one. I want to watch My Date with the President's Daughter. I want to watch um, Toothless. I want to watch... Oh, Toothless. Only the original Life Size. I don't care about the sequel that is available. <laughs> we don't need that. Lock it up. <laughs> yeah. That is where I can stop. Oh, actually, no. There's one more thing I want to talk about. The Netflix dropped a trailer for a new movie that Amy Poehler is I think she's producing I don't think she's directing but it, everyone keeps re- they refer to it as Amy Poehler's movie <laughs> um and she's also in it but it's based on a book called Moxie and Amy Poehler plays the mom of the main character who is um a 16 year old who like learns kind of about feminism from her mom who used to protest a lot and like all this stuff and the trailer was very very good and i think it looks great and that oops that is coming out march 3rd wow i don't even think i saw anything about that so i'm excited for now yeah you should for sure watch the trailer it was really good okay i will thank you for sharing wow you had good ones thank you it was really hard to narrow them down there's a couple that are still interesting but I'll let people do their own homework, <laughs> I guess. Do your own homework or slide into Jordan's G- DMs. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. will be on the Patreon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All of the news we didn't find important enough to put on our regular podcast, we'll put it on our podcast that you pay for. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> that you could find yourself. <laughs> I wonder if we've confused anyone enough about talking about our Patreon and they've like looked for it and couldn't find it. <laughs> It's extra exclusive, sorry. (laughs) Only available at certain hours of the day. (laughs) Whenever you go look for it, that's not the right hour. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. I love that so much. (laughs) Okay. So, Framing Britney Spears, is that what it's called? Felt like a perfect opportunity to rank our top three favorite Britney Spears songs. And I just have to say, Jordan had her 30th birthday party. At, it was a Britney Spears birthday party and all of our friends dressed up as different Britney eras. And mm-hmm. Because I have the same birthday as Britney Spears. Correct. December 2nd. Very important. Now no one should ever forget it. It was the best party I've ever been to. And wow. I highly recommend copying it to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I do not co-sign on that statement. <laughs> Please don't it copy me. It was my me. fault. 
Um, I'd like to see you all try. (laughs) You wouldn't even know that it was actually just in my basement (laughs) because we did such a good job of decorating. And really, this is like an excuse to post our beautiful pictures. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, you have to shout out my... I have to shout out, we hi- we hired a professional DJ named my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Who's who also actually... a friend of the pod. Yeah, a friend of the pod. Um, but, I mean, he, he for my sister's wedding, he did invest in all, like, actual DJ equipment. And so, it was not not professional. <laughs> and he drove all the way from Denver, Colorado to Salt Lake City, Utah to yeah. DJ the party. So, yeah dad of the year exactly without further ado jordan what is your third favorite britney spears song my third favorite britney spears song is um well now it's not that new anymore but it is a newer of a britney era and it is till the world ends it's a good one femme fatale yeah that one just like and i mean i really liked it when it came out but i feel like i like it even more now I agree. I actually I have that one on my work from home playlist and it still slaps just as hard. Yeah, it's really, really, really solid. This is fun because I actually have no idea what your answers are going to be, so I'm excited. Yeah, this is fun. Um, okay, my number three I rediscovered today. Um, I kind of ranked my top three according to like right now, not necessarily like if I were to, like, say a cumulative... I don't know. We're just going with it. So today, <laughs> um, I rediscovered the song Anticipating, and wow, wow, wow. I can't believe I've forgotten about that song. It seems, like, just as fresh... Like, she could release it today, and it would be a banger. Um, And I just, like, cannot believe it was never a single. It's just so good. I like those those... Those like hidden Britney gems, because on my many my long list of bonus ones that aren't in the top three, there are some that I'm like, I don't know if everyone knows this one, but I used to love this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are some of my favorite ones. <sighs> yeah, well, I've got to say my top three are definitely all singles, but they're undeniable, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my number two is, oops, I did it again just yet another iconic track and music video that's also my favorite music video i feel like that's probably my number one of all time overall forever wow yeah i didn't put it on this top three because it it wasn't vibing with me as much as the other three today but i was listening to i was like this song is just like perfect and it's just so different than everything else Mm -hmm. it is interesting like where Britney, I mean, we can talk about this more too, but like where Britney is now and well, never mind. I'm going to hold that thought, put a pin in it, and I'll come back to it when we're actually discussing the documentary. Okay, deal. So because I'll, I have I have some things that I was just going to say and I will put a pin in those as well. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my number two is sometimes... Oh, it's so good. It is so good. And I feel like it's it was between that and Born to Make You Happy. And Born to Make You Happy 
although it is so good, it is so depressing, and I really yes. hate the theme of that song. That is so, one of my bonuses too, yeah, it's because so it good. is the sounds are amazing, and I was just listening to it tonight, and obviously the words are so wrong, but it's so good. Yeah, it's the just sound like, of it is just amazing. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. So I went with sometimes. It's with Britney. It's just like every song reminds me of an exact situation, and that sometimes mm-hmm. reminds me of like when I finally got my beam routine down in gymnastics. I didn't even know you did gymnastics. Well, you what? learn something new every day. Yeah. <laughs> I did gymnastics. You wouldn't guess it by my coordination now. <laughs> I was but... going to argue that, but you have I I know you have um had some nasty falls. <laughs> yeah, I have. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> oh man. Wow. You need, if you listen to Brittany more again, maybe like um your balance will come back. Yeah, I'll have um what's it called when like your body re- muscle memory Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah there you go maybe wow amazing okay what's your are we already at your number one yeah we are and um this one is like it's a frequent number one but and today i was like i don't know if that's gonna be my number one but then i listened to it really really loud in my car and it is number one toxic (laughs) it's so good and it was like I remember when that came out and I think I was like a freshman in high school. I was either a freshman or sophomore. And mm-hmm. like even as like a Britney fan since day one, like it doesn't sound like anything else. And it still doesn't really sound like anything else. It's so unique and great. No. Mm-hmm. The sound, it's all just it's so, so great. Good. And yeah, I don't really feel like anyone has ever been able... Like, that was what I was thinking when I was listening to it. I was like, Britney paved the way for, like, a lot of pop stars, but I still feel like no one's really been able to, like, make the kind of, make a dent in, like, her sound and, like, capability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, like, it's very, very fascinating listening very. to it now. And just, like, right off the bat, I was so surprised. Like, two of mine are from her very first album. Mm. Well, I cannot wait little teaser um so my number one is you drive me crazy love which it. i actually had forgotten that that was on her first album i was thinking that was on her second well because the remix is easy to throw you off exactly exactly both versions are great i would argue that they're both really perfect um i think some people think that the stop remix is way better than the album version but i think they're both equally perfect <laughs> i think they're both I equal love too that's what i i agree and this one is like very um the drive me crazy movie was very important to me <laughs> as a youth and so <laughs> that's kind of where this nostalgia comes from mm-hmm. as well well and that was a great video too with the waitressing and everything Ugh. yep <gasps> mm-hmm. I really don't think anyone did videos better than she did either. I think like the boy bands no. did well in sync Baxter Boy videos. Those were great. But Britney's were better. They just were. I agree. Just the chair dancing and like mm-hmm. the green tube top. Yes. Well, I think it, it really comes down to the outfits, I think, too. Because 
like the boys just couldn't have those iconic outfits and there's five of them and so like it's all just kind of spread out and it's just like all eyes on her in the middle of the ring just like a Mm -hmm. circus (laughs) that's exactly what it was (laughs) okay what are your bonuses that you wanted to make sure didn't go left unheard well you drive me crazy is definitely on there for sure that was that one was really hard to knock out of my top three actually i love that one that was always my favorite on the baby one more time album love it i -hmm. also love baby one more time that is one of the most iconic first singles anyone's ever had like it's so good from the piano notes at the very beginning of the song like it's so good and like i I don't want to go into talking about the movie just yet but i will just say seeing her perform that song like in a mall was just the most shocking thing i've ever seen i know i'm like like that's that's exactly what my roommate and i said it's like they don't even know these kids don't they're (laughs) at a free mall concert it's Mm -hmm. crazy Oh, mm-hmm. uh, it also made us really sad about mall concerts. Like, well, can we? Have I feel like again? I'm already getting into my spiel, but like, I don't know if I've ever seen a mall concert, and I see them like mentioned on every music documentary, and it makes me so sad. I wish I could say like, oh my gosh, I saw them when they were performing at a mall, but I don't I think know. I've ever I ever went to any of those. Um, I wonder if it was like. Obviously, I'm sure, like, California areas would have mall concerts. I remember when I was in third grade and I lived in Dallas, there was a mall concert and Hanson performed. Oh, my god! And I was obsessed with Hanson. But it was, like, in the middle of the day on, a, on like, a Wednesday. And I was in third grade. Like, how am I going to get to the Hanson <laughs> concert? And I don't even think I knew. I like, like, how would movie, I have heard right? of this How concert? am I going to get to the Hanson concert? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> and I had a different childhood, yes. But I'm like, well, I've got school. <laughs> but also, I don't remember, like, where would I have learned about this concert? Like, I didn't have, there wasn't social media. Like, I think I just heard from kids at school that maybe, like, someone was like, oh, they're at the Hanson concert. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? And so then some of the kids came back to school after they had been at the Hanson concert. And one girl was like, someone spilled coffee all over me. And those are my vivid third grade memories (laughs) apparently it was chaos wow but yeah like i was so close i could have been one of those kids that could say they had gone to that's really sad concert i'm sorry for your loss (sighs) thank you um i'll just quickly go through my other songs they don't all need a little essay report about each (laughs) one but um i have uh i do have circus on here i love circus um i've hold it against me i love that song and when that one was dropped i was like wow i'm obsessed with this mm-hmm. sound i love it um ba- uh, born to make me whoa sorry born to make you happy is for sure on this list and also break the ice break the ice is an underrated gem in my opinion i agree with that and there's st- there's seriously so many more these were kind of just the ones that came up on shuffle today that i had to write down <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. I'll also say that um, if you see gamey is also oh one my of gosh. my favorites. Well, remember that um, re- learning what it was saying is was like there's you know you'll never forget no. where you were when you learned I, what if you see gamey really means. I was I was watching Best Week Ever on VH1. <laughs> I was in a car. My friend Stephen told me. Wow. Friends don't let friends go on without knowing what if you see gamey means. 
So that's a good <laughs> no, friend. I had to have they're not your friends. my friends on VH1 tell me. <laughs> it was probably Paul Shear. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, man. Wait. Oh, wait. wait no, sorry. I want to hear your bonuses. Oh, I didn't. Those were kind of my only ones. Um, The only other one I like, sc- I was screenshotting them as I was listening <laughs> to was Stronger. Oh, yeah. That one, I like, I vibe with that one. That too. one's really good. Okay. Framing Britney Spears. Overall, what were your thoughts as a whole? Um, as a whole, I okay. I feel like it was really, really great footage, especially from when she's just starting out. So it was like very entertaining to watch. It was never boring. Um, I don't. If you have been following the Free Britney stuff, I don't think there was a lot of new information necessarily. Mm-hmm. But if but I think that what's clear from all the reactions is that some people have not been following or have any idea about Britney's conservatorship with her dad and all that stuff. And so clearly it's been opening tons of eyes to what's been going on with her. So that is really good. Um, But I feel like we've been pretty intrigued and like clamoring for new info on that for the last year or so Um, and longer. And so like it wasn't necessarily presenting new things for probably like us as an audience, you and me and other people, Uh, you, me and Heather McMahon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The three of us. (laughs) Um, but I do think that there was some, even though like, and a lot of the old footage, like maybe I'd seen some of it and I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I remember seeing this like, uh, behind the scenes stuff, but seeing it all laid out, like, um, in chronological order was really powerful even if it wasn't new Mm -hmm. and especially seeing the footage because something that i think that we never see on our side from celebrities is how it looks to have the paparazzi in their faces like from their point of view because that is seriously scary Mm -hmm. and so that was really horrific and powerful to see how scary that really is to have because we only see the photos published like we don't know that they're like inches from their face and they can't even like drive Mm -hmm. or walk or they're like can't get out of a gas station like Brittany just loves gas stations and she just wants to go in there she's just one of us she is she just wants to where was there was somewhere else that we were like wow she just loves she feels safe in a gas station and like drive through fast food you know like she's just like a normal person but like the media turned her into this like like they they want this like pop monster and it's just not her Mm -hmm. so anyway that's how i felt about it yeah i completely agree with you i think i think the like the overall um the things we were supposed to get from the documentary were less about like Britney's story and more so about like what we as a society did to Britney and kind of like the misogyny mm-hmm. of the media and also the um re- repercussions of the paparazzi and that movement um and so I think that was portrayed really well but yeah I agree I think they skimmed over so much of the like details of Britney's life and like how she got from each stage of her life and Mm -hmm. I mean really it should be a it should be an entire series and I hope that someday it is because I still like 
I still feel like the story is not fully told. And like, I, I listened to a podcast called Even the Rich and they did like, I think it was like six or eight episodes, like detailing the, all of Britney's life and story from like the time she, before she even start was on the Musketeers to, to almost present day. And, um, there was so much more detail in that and I highly recommend it if you haven't listened and are interested in Britney. Um, okay, I have not listened to that, so I need to yeah, listen to that. Yeah, you should listen to it. It is very good and so many details that I like didn't know and like or I did know and I didn't know like the um chronological order of it all. And mm-hmm. but like and then they used a lot of clips of interviews on that podcast, but seeing it on screen was a whole different story, which is why I think that like a TV series would still be beneficial because there's clearly so much footage and Mm -hmm. just like seeing her as like a young person in an interview and like the way she held herself, she was so beautiful and articulate and smart and just like totally herself. And Mm -hmm. it was just like so upsetting and sad. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it was really well done. I just think that it was just, like, barely skimming the surface. Yeah, I was actually... I hadn't realized it was part of that existing New York Times documentary series, and so I was expecting it to be, like, at least a two-parter or something. So then when I went to Hulu and I was like, oh, this is just the latest episode that they're doing of these, like, documentary episodes. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh... Because, yeah, clearly you could do, like, one whole episode on her beginnings and first album. And then, like, you know, just an episode for each era, practically. Totally. um, Yeah, I do feel like for just being, what, like, an hour and a half or something, if even that long, um, it was all very informative. Then they didn't, uh, like, waste time on stupid things, which is, I think, hard to do with a documentary. Mm -hmm. So that was good. But, um. Yeah, if you've been following the Free Britney stuff, you probably will recognize a lot of the information, but it's definitely still worth watching. Yeah, and I thought that a lot of the interviews they had um, were really interesting and people I hadn't really heard from. Um, Mm -hmm. Like her assistant slash friend, Felicia, I've never really heard from her. And then um, I also thought it was really interesting that they like interviewed paparazzi that were around um Mm -hmm. and those are really hard to watch very hard to watch and just like when he said like she never asked us to stop that was just like the most baffling thing i've ever heard in my entire life yeah it is also like she did (laughs) there's literally like there's footage like footage that you took (laughs) yeah oh my gosh yeah that's so gross yeah. But yeah, I really feel like it's important viewing because I really think that like the paparazzi is still very invasive, but I wonder if it's like because of social media that it I feel like the media's relationship to celebrities is is different now than it was in the 2000s. Totally. And but I, I think a lot of it is because of her. Like that Yeah. Wow. That was kind of um one of the lines that really struck struck me was when someone said they're really uh, there was too much money to be made off of her suffering. And I also think other, like, next to money is, like, lessons of mental health and how the, the media's relationship with 
celebrities and yeah which is just so sad Yeah, like i know like they are still human beings even if the world knows who they are like they're not just a commodity for mm-hmm. you <sighs> it really was i think one other thing i would want to highlight um you brought it up the misogyny that they show and it is it is relentless and like we were i was thinking about that today as i was listening that's what i was talking i wanted was thinking about when i was going over my top three oh, yeah. like even just some of the lines that they have her sing in the songs like even in oops i did it again which is like all time one of my favorite songs even the line i'm not that innocent is weird like it's weird that they have this like really young girl singing that and like you know, and it's not, like, in an empowering way that, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just when I really thought about a lot of the lyrics of these songs that I love and have loved since I was, like, in elementary school, it's just interesting. And a, a big one of that is the song we were talking about, Born to Make You Happy. Like, the the song literally is, like, I don't know what I'll do without your love. I was born to make you happy. And, like, that's kind of, like, a theme of her celebrity journey totally that is exactly and what i was going ugh. to say when you said you want to talk about later is that like watching this and then going back and listening to so many of her songs it's just like so upsetting because i feel like it was all right there <laughs> like we don't even mm-hmm. need this like documentary like we just need to look at the lyrics of these songs to see how broken and not okay this what all was yeah yeah well in some of the songs it's like like even like so if, if the ones that were sticking out to me was oops i did it again born to make you happy it's like those ones weren't even like people complained about her being so sexual but it's like it wasn't like the sexual they weren't like um explicit lyrics they were like just the messaging of the of what she's singing was just like degrading you know yeah like I'm an object, like, to, like, sometimes turn you on, sometimes just to please you, and I have no purpose. But it's, like, I don't fault her for that. It's just, like, interesting that everything, that's just how she was portrayed, and the media totally, like, almost acted on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I got off topic from what I was saying, though, about, like, Every, what I've been seeing about the misogyny surrounding Britney Spears, because it really is, like, so frustrating and disgusting. But something I've seen that really shook me to my core when I was watching the documentary and I've seen reposted on Twitter a ton was that magazine cover of Justin Timberlake on mm-hmm. details. Oh, it's disgusting. Like, and but that's how he was this here. And it's it's also very interesting. Justin Timberlake, because this was all around, like. He was the guy who was famously revealed that he had sex with Britney, who had claimed, because she's asked about it constantly, that she was a virgin, which, like, don't ask her about it. How disgusting is that? It was horrible. And then he gets to be all, like, in his interviews, like, oh, I totally hit that, blah, blah, blah. And then also around this time, he also is ripping off Janet Jackson's bra thing at the Super Bowl and ruining her life for a few decades. Yep. Like, and then he gets to, like, he's totally scot-free. It's just crazy. It truly is wild. I should, I need to pull up, I shouldn't talk about that magazine cover and not, like, say what it says. Um, 
it says can we ever this is on the cover of a magazine like can we ever forgive justin timberlake for all that sissy music which like that has its own problems but and then it says hey at least he got into britney's pants and like on the cover it's on the cover and then i mean there's also horrible things like at the top it says forget feminism why your wife should take your name (laughs) and then like the it's like is this a parody sadly no it's just how life was back then and no one really noticed Mm -hmm. it's just ridiculous so um and (laughs) it's just so crazy it's like he and how when they talk about how he furthered the narrative of britney dumping him or whatever even though like now i feel like it would be like who cares like it doesn't matter but all he would have had to do to like cut her some slack is cast a brunette in his music video for um crimea river Mm -hmm. but no people were talking about that girl in his video looking like britney spears for years they're still talking about it yep that's like that's mild tangent but i am just i've been a little bit over justin timberlake which is really sad to me but now i'm really mad at him (laughs) yeah and i've actually been curious like will he say anything like, I don't think he's, he's never really, like, apologized or said anything about any of that, has he? Not that I know of. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I know that him and Brittany kind of had a little, like, um, thing on Instagram where, like, they, like, commented on each other's stuff when she, like, danced to one of his songs or something. But, like, so I know there's not, like, mm-hmm. really, like, beef still there or anything, but, like, no. I don't know. And it's also, it's, like... To my knowledge, he's not, like, directly an abuser, per se. It's just one more, like, symptom of this awful stuff that was going on. Exactly. Because, like, you're going to watch... If you... When you guys watch this documentary, you're going to have, like, a new long list of enemies. (laughs) Just, like, a (laughs) really good tweet that I retweeted from the Girl Meets Show account. (laughs) Um, And it'll be really sad. Not all of them. It's not. It's it's great to feel worse about Matt Lauer, but some of the other ones, I was just like, really? Yeah, it's, it's so unfortunate. Yeah, it's a bummer. But yeah, I hope I'm glad that I've seen so many people talking about it and um, kind of being enlightened on the Britney situation. And I mean, I hope that people stay up on it because it's just really terrible and. The last thing I like to point out that was mentioned in at the very beginning of the movie and also was something that was mentioned in the podcast I listened to was just the fact that this would never happen to a man. And I think that that is mm-hmm. a really, really, really interesting thing to think about. On the podcast I listened to, it kind of talks about Kanye West and how it's just saying like he got he it, this didn't happen to him because he's a man and because um it's another unfortunate situation where Brittany, it was kind of like the first to happen to her and people saw it went wrong. And so now people are more scared to like put celebrities under a conservatorship kind of situation. And so mm-hmm. it's an, just another example of her being a guinea pig, but she's like still in it. So that's just what is so sad. Yeah, I think that one of the things that I did learn from this is kind of more about general knowledge about what a conservatorship is and how it's like really designed for people who like might not even live longer (laughs) much longer after it's set up like it's like that's how bad their health is Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so that was that was informative for me for sure, and just Amanda Bynes is under a conservatorship, situation. isn't she? Oh, I don't really know. I've you know, I'm I'm more out of the loop on Amanda Bynes than you are, I think. Because I wasn't following her Instagram for a while <laughs> until you told me what her it was. <laughs> um but that's I mean, that's another I don't know. At this point I'm like, I couldn't even stomach a documentary about Amanda Bynes right now. I just really worry about her and I just really worry about Brittany and it's really sad. And you know what's interesting is that I feel like Amanda Bynes is making me think about this. I feel like back when Amanda Bynes was first having all those troubles and showing all these signs, people at first were like laughing really hard about it. Uh And it was really, really messed up. And I feel like even since then, I I don't think people are really laughing anymore, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of it is seeing the, like having more, like seeing more about how Britney's changed and um, knowing more about the conservatorship and how messed up it is. And I don't know. It's really interesting. Yeah. I could talk about it for hours and hours and hours. I know. And I feel like, I mean, I just keep getting, I'm like, I keep going more and more off the rails in this discussion. (laughs) There's just so so many different topics to discuss. I know. And it, it is, it's a phenomenon, especially because it is Britney and like, for our generation she we loved her and I didn't really I didn't notice a lot of the media stuff but when but it's all familiar to me watching it all laid out like this now mm-hmm. um because I was just like such a fan and I was young you know and so it's it's just really crazy yeah it's just extremely sad and upsetting and I highly recommend educating yourself on the Britney Spears situation okay well on to malcolm and marie do you want to give a brief spiel actually pretty easy to sum up because it's like it's like a two-person cast basically zendaya and john david washington are playing a couple who he's a filmmaker she is like an aspiring actress and they are coming home from his latest film premiere and um they get into a fight <laughs> they get into the a end. fight <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess i'll start with my overall feelings on this it was very beautiful like every shot was filmed very beautifully and like the cinematography was chef's kiss loved it um and like the set and everything the lighting again everything (laughs) um but other than that i just felt like one critique i read was no one fights in monologues like this which i Mm -hmm. completely agreed with and i really was just taking turns between a really long monologue. Yeah, and like and who then it would could be the next say the most be- perfect line. Like the whole yeah, thing and about you could use macaroni the, the biggest and cheese, words. I was just like, we get it. I yeah. I just really hated it. It was very pretentious. And that's not even that's not the worst of its issues, but it was just like very pretentious. Extremely. And because of the, those monologue screaming sessions, it just like I didn't really 
there was no character development really like there was but like not enough for me to really believe in in these people and what they were saying like it all just it seemed Mm -hmm. like i was watching like a play that yeah i was just like dropped into in the middle and yeah i don't know how to explain that more (laughs) but um I also felt like there was never any, like, real resolution. It just, like, all seemed toxic the whole time. So I was extremely confused as to, like, what we were supposed to take from it. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no real lesson, I felt like. And, um, like, I saw someone post about how they loved the, how it showed, like, the evolvement of a fight between a couple. And I was like, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would be admitting if you... that if I were you. <laughs> yeah, if you like saw yourself in this movie in like your current relationship, you should really think about getting out. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. I'm not a therapist, but that I would be worried. Same. And then my last thing was the whole thing just felt very strange because there was a lot of um a lot of the monologues, especially coming from John David Washington's character, were about race and how he didn't feel like race should ever matter. And like all of these things were actually written and directed by a white man. And so like that just felt really, really off to me. And mm-hmm. I would love to know like John David Washington's actual feelings on the words he was saying, because... A white man writing about the perspective of a black man and how he interprets racism just felt very, very, very off to me. Yeah, like, a lot of that character, his whole point was talking about the experience of being a black filmmaker in the industry. And I'm like, you can, like, like Sam, so Sam Levinson is the writer and director of this the white dude who did it (laughs) and um it's like yeah you can have like you can maybe be speaking to plenty of people of color and like understand like feel like you understand their experience but it seems weird to be putting the words in their mouths that was um that was to me the cringiest part of it but I don't think I would have liked it even if it had been a white writer writing for a white couple or if it had been exactly the same script with uh, a black scriptwriter, I still don't think I really would have liked the movie, you know? Yeah. But I liked it less knowing that it was like this white guy writing this script. Agree. I don't really have that much more to say about it. I just, I was, I felt sad Me about neither. it. I want to believe that like Zendaya and, John David Washington had a lot of say and input and like there was a lot of collaboration there but it's hard for me to get past that I don't know yeah and it's like that's something I would like to leave behind and like let's make room like we can tell that story but like let's have it be coming actually from a writer of color like let's I make actually, room for that. I just barely made this connection, but like that's actually one of the whole kind of plot lines in the movie. <laughs> because it's Zendaya saying, You told my whole story and now I don't even get to tell it and even even though it was my story. 
I didn't even put that together till just wow. now. But like now that feels even more upsetting <laughs> and weird. Yeah. Well, and I um just from scrolling through seeing how p- other people were reacting to this. Um I saw a lot of people that had context that I hadn't known about um I guess in real life Sam Levinson had been really frustrated by a particular review of his previous movie Assassination Nation. Uh-huh. And I guess a lot of people were interpreting this script as him directly reacting. Because a lot of the movie is John David Washington reacting to a particular review of his movie that he says didn't understand <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- And so a lot of those people were commenting, like, interesting that this is kind of like a stand-in for yourself. But, this is, but, like, you chose to have it be a black actor who is turning it into, like, a racial discussion. Which is, like, just odd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just... It was weird, and I I really think that even if I had gone in not knowing the race of the writer, director, I I still feel like I would have been the same like I was. Like, I kept checking the time, being like, how much is left of this movie? Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm done, you know? Well, I, so, even, I had turned it off and before the last, like, five minutes of the movie and forgot to go back and watch it until, like, two days later, and then I went to watch something else on Netflix, and I was like, oh, I never finished this, which is actually hilarious because kind of a lot happens in the last few minutes of the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was just a funny tidbit, but... That is funny. Very unfortunate. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. With that said, who is your crush of the week? This is um really tricky. I know. Um, but I'm I'm gonna go with Brittany. Me stand, too. Stand with Brittany. We love Brittany. We've always loved Brittany, and we hope she's okay. Yep. Same. Hashtag free Brittany all the way. Mm-hmm. I just need more answers and hope we get them. Yeah. Big time. Okay, well, thank you for listening. And Jordan, thank you for discussing. This was great. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I did too. This was this was a fabulous discussion. I agree. If I do say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> we loved it. That's great. <laughs> That's really all that matters. <sighs> so yeah. Thank you and bye. Bye.